Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is the best of the Joe Show. Running back some of the best audio you've heard here on 560 over the past 24 hours. And it's the Labor Day edition. How you doing? I am Dan Labor Day. That's right, working on this day that you're supposed to have off because I'd rather just spend it with you. It's also a Miami Monday, so going to tailor the show just a little extra Miami to make what usually is the worst day of the week, even though it is a holiday, just a little bit smoother. In a couple of minutes, going to hear from the Joe Rose Show. They're talking to new Florida Panthers GM Bill Zito. Then we're getting some double hawk and Crowder, although it's really just double hawk because Crowder off today Hawkman talking about the heat series might be 3-1 but he's not upset then he'll do an interview with Mike Cuno talking more heat culture plus I'm gonna have some Miami music for you throughout the show to help you kind of just get over you know it's Monday still even though it is Labor Day right now here's the headlines the Dolphins have cut Josh Rosen and named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback Fitzpatrick was also selected one of the team's eight captains. The Heat lost 118-115 in overtime to Milwaukee last night. Miami leads the series 3-1. The two play tomorrow at 6-30. The Lakers even their series at one last night, defeating Houston 117-109. Tonight at 6-30, it's Boston versus Toronto with the series tied at two, while the Clippers and Nuggets square off at nine. Their series is even at one. In the Canes' final fall scrimmage, Derek King threw for six touchdowns and getting ready for the season this Thursday against UAB. You can hear it right here on 560 to Joe. The Marlins opened a three-game series by defeating the Braves today 5-4 in the 10th. Both teams are in the playoff race. French national Blaise Matuidi made his debut last night in a scoreless draw between Inter-Miami and Nashville SC. Miami is back at it Wednesday against Atlanta United. After being named starting quarterback, Cam Newton says his fit in New England is a match made in heaven. The Dolphins face the Patriots Sunday at 1. The French Open will allow 5,000 fans to attend matches later this month. It is the first pro tennis tournament to have people in attendance. Sean Payton says the Saints tried to sign and trade for Jadavian Clowney this past weekend, but the NFL nixed it. The defensive end is now with Tennessee. Tonight in college football, BYU plays Navy at 8. And now, let's go ahead and take a step into the day spa. <sighs> An Austrian man recently broke a record by spending over two and a half hours in a box full of ice wearing nothing but swim trunks. 
Can someone say shrinkage? A British company made a 35-foot-long puffed corn snack. Get in my belly! And with that being said, what is a puffed corn snack? A woman in Australia promises to honestly assess your male organ. All you have to do is send her a picture of it in $50. I say it's a small price to pay for peace of mind. A man recently bought and placed a $2,000, 12-foot-tall T-Rex gnome in his yard after his wife requested it to spruce up their garden. The woman was later heard saying, I should have just asked him to clean the garage. In an attempt to bat a fly, a French man recently burned down his house. His electronic fly swatter created a spark and ignited a fire from a gas leak. Didn't see that coming. Also today is Evan Rachel Wood's birthday. My hot mess of the day. <sighs> now on to weather. Tonight's forecast, rainy with temperatures around 80. Joe Rose Show recently caught up with the new general manager of the Panthers, Bill Zito. He is down from Columbus, Ohio, and he is going to make the Florida Panthers unbelievable. I'm telling you right now. So he talks about his relationship with Coach Q, fixing the Panthers, and getting Bobrovsky going. Bill, I think everybody is just like, what do we need to do to get this thing turned around? And 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 I guess the first question I have after watching your press conference yesterday is, Del Talon and Coach Quinville were so close and worked together, not only with the Panthers, but Chicago going back. Have you had a chance to talk to Coach Quinville about how he felt about everything and, and get on the same page with him? I did, I did. And uh, prior, prior to actually working for the Blue Jackets, I had been an agent living in Chicago. I have known Q uh, sort of one person removed via the relationships uh, since he came to Chicago, representing a number of guys on that 2010 team. Right. Certainly, we've interacted a number of times before, knew each other, and been familiar with each other. We spoke the other night and had a really nice chat. Uh, we're both uh, very, very enthusiastic moving forward. Bill, I guess the big thing is, is everybody watched the playoffs and the disappointment of uh, for the team. And I, and I know you know their team very well, and you know all the other teams as well from your days with Columbus. Is it some of it not enough talent, not a deep enough depth on this team? How do you look at it right now overall and what this team needs to improve on? As it is with most teams in most sports, it's a combination of talent and team and competitiveness. If you just talent alone, sometimes maybe it'll get you there. Generally not in hockey, but it could. But generally talent alone without being a true team or really competing won't get you there. With no talent, just a team probably doesn't get you there. So you need to have a little bit, at least a little bit of talent. And I think there's more than a little bit of that here. You need to have a team, people together, executing, and then you need to compete. And you need to have guys who love the game of hockey and who hate to lose. And that's what we're going to try to instill. And Bill, with that said, I, I'd love your take on the roster. And of course, when, when the Panthers brass was evaluating you for this opportunity, you, of course, I'm sure were evaluating what, what this team already has. And I, I really like the core when you think about guys like Barkov and Huberto, and they have Bobrovsky and Nett, who you know from your time in Columbus. W what are some of your takeaways on, on the pieces the Panthers already have in place? I had occasion, I, I haven't had a, a, a occasion to speak with Jonathan yet. He texted me last night and we 
we tried to connect and weren't able to. But I spoke to Bob and I spoke to Sasha at length uh, and was both of them were excited. Both of them were had a lot of uh, interesting opinions and focus about what they needed to do individually and what they could do to help the team move forward. They're both elite players. Bob, I don't know uh, how well you know him, but he is the most prepared, hardest working guy you, you'll ever meet. Wow. And if there's a way for him to sort of elevate and get back and, and get his mojo, if you will, he'll do it. Sasha was excited. I, I talked to him. I got up early this morning and called him in Finland and, uh, he was he was uh, animated and talking and excited and, and I'm really looking forward to talking to Jonathan today. Let's get back to Bobrovsky for for just a second there, Bill. Um, didn't have a great first year. I, there's no secret. I don't know if he was you know nicked up or what it was. How do we get him going again? What, what needs to change? I ne- never felt like he really got it going at any point. Well, I can't tell you specifically what needs to change. You know, I, I, before you you know I come in and say, well, I need to change this. I need to that I need to really focus on and, and talk to him and, and assess. Generally, Bob is, uh, does a good job of self-evaluation, and it may just be he needed some time to adjust, a different scheme, a different team. He'd been in Columbus a long time. Um, it took us a while, but we had a very, very consistent, reliable, for a goaltender, understandable defensive set, both with the defenseman and the forwards. So it could be any, any number of things, and, uh, and I think he's uh, focused and prepared. I, I'm very optimistic. Bill, let me ask you about working with Coach Quinville. I mean, the resume obviously speaks for itself on what he's been able to do. Is it about working together with him, or is like he, he's got probably some of his own ideas on what he'd like to change a little bit? How will you two work together? How closely? I think it'll be a daily interaction. It'll be a pleasure and an honor to work with him and learn from him. You speak to Joel for a minute, and the passion just jumps from him into you the passion for the game, and it's wonderful to talk hockey. Yeah, I know a lot goes into the evaluation process, but with the core of players, do you think this team is in more of a need of maybe sprinkling in some veterans with winning experience, or if if finding some younger players, whether it be through the draft or younger guys in trades and free agency is more the priority? Well, it's both, but the unique thing about the marketplace in professional hockey is you have to see what the marketplace yields. You may say, well, I'd really like to get this talented young player, a big right winger who is a a physical presence and a goal scorer, and it's not there, but there might be a veteran sort of physical guy who can score goals. Is that going to address our needs uh, at the right in, in, at the right price and the right situation and or vice versa? Well, I could use a veteran, but there's this young guy who might really develop into the role. I think he's about to burst. He showed leadership tendencies. So you have to sort of compare and contrast, juxtapose your needs against what, what's available because you just can't make it up if, it's, if it doesn't exist. This thing still goes back to the draft, right? I like other sports. I know we talk in football all the time. You got to hit on on draft picks. Is that going to be obviously you got a big draft coming up? I think we we draft 12th overall. How big is that going to be going forward to develop our own? Yeah, that, that's the key, right? So that's your chance to get your elite players. They're very, very difficult to trade for, as you can just see across the league. No one wants to trade their elite players, and, and why would they, right? The draft is your opportunity uh, to get them, and then once you get them, to nurture them and develop them and, and help those players maximize their potential and, and play in your team. It's also I- important to get good contributions from young players in the entry-level system as you win with regard to the salary cap, you want to have contributions from those lower salary guys. 
How do you feel about our minor league right now? Our, our minor league prospects that we have that haven't quite come up yet. We in good shape. Is it rich or not where it needs to be? Well, I guess you say you're never content. You always want to get better. But uh, the franchise is, is now moving to Charlotte, uh, which is very exciting. It's a great place to play hockey. Uh, it's a little bit closer, direct flights. And it, uh, one of the things about the development that's very important is we would call it touches from management. So the guys, the guys who are playing in the American League know they're relevant. They know that there's interest. They know that any given night, if you're the guy, you have a chance. And we're going to create that environment so they know exactly where they stand and they know they're supported and they know that... Uh, are in the plans. I can imagine you've been really busy in recent days with all you have going on with this new opportunity, but have you had a chance to, to watch some of these recent playoff games with some great series going on? Do you find the time to be able to take in and watch all the hockey, or do you sometimes have some really late nights scrambling to watch these on the DVR? Well, the last, the last two nights, I, it's been hard. And prior to that, you know, when we got out of the bubble, you know, I was, of course, watching all of them. Uh, and in the bubble was wonderful. That was a, a hockey paradise because you're getting three live NHL games a day with the TVs in, in the suite. So we're watching the Western games, you know, in between the, you know, the t- there's a, a break in the action or between the periods. And uh, and then you walk up and down the hall and then populating all the other suites of the GMs and, and the staff of the other of the other clubs. And it was it was nonstop NHL hockey. It was it was really, really it was like fantasy camp. Uh, it was wonderful. Bill did, did a lot of work. We, we talk about this with the NBA, too, um, with the offseason, obviously, right around the corner when these are over. Is there a lot of business talk? Is it a chance to – I mean, everybody knows who free agents are and who's up and who's disgruntled and who's happy and, and all that stuff. You guys able to get any business done in those things? Are, are people working behind the scenes in that gray area a little bit? You, you, mean, you mean with regard to free agents or trades? Uh, I'm talking with the whole group of you guys being a small fraternity and all knowing each other and, and being able to talk about all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. There's, um, you know, the, the I mean, trades, trades, trades happened yesterday, right? Uh, Alan went to Montreal That's and, right. and the uh, business is, business is going on. It's going on right now. And, uh, one of the things I'm tasked with is, uh, in the next uh, 24 to 48 hours, reaching out to the GMs and checking in and saying, Hey, okay. You know, yeah. the uh, the doors open, curtains are uh, they're up, and uh, we're we're in business here. That's what's going on. Hey, Bill, let, let me ask you, what do you say to to Panther fans? Because everybody was jacked up last year. We we got our goalie, we got a, a coach that's been there and done it. He's done more winning. He's got championships, and it didn't work out again. What do you say going forward to the Panther base down here, fan base? You know, words are cheap. We won't be outworked. That's the first thing I'll say. We will not be outworked. We will have a plan, and we will instill 100% effort from the management of this team to give these players everything we can do to help them win. And I know, I just know from talking to them and from talking to Q, these guys want to win. And that's what we're going to try to do. How nice is it uh, to be able to, and you talked a little bit earlier about, uh, you know, wanting to learn things from Coach Q. I mean, to, to, to be able to take over this job as general manager, but the value of having someone with his experience to be able to work hand in hand with. It's great. And and uh, I, I had the luxury, I kind of had a double luxury because I took over Cleveland in the American League and it was Jared Bednar and myself. And we, we were winging it. And we had all we had a bunch of young talent. We rebuilt the D. And it was sort of trial by error in a lot of situations. And we learned from each other. I learned a tremendous amount from Jared. Many things that I really didn't understand that I learned until years later. And went on and won the championship and developed players and developed coaches. It was, it was great. 
with torts, it's been a completely uh, different set of learning from his experience and the way he does things and interacting with him. And I think it's really prepared me to now, the most important thing is, is to listen. Just listen and then digest it and, and react from there. So really, really excited. Bill, thank you so much, man. Good luck with everything. I know you got a big draft coming up here that's uh, so important going forward. It'll be your first uh, with the Panthers. We really appreciate you spending some time with us. Thank you so much. Anytime. Thanks, guys. No other show is going to give you Labor Day hockey, two things that just don't seem to go together. But, heck, it's South Florida. Anything goes. Joe Rose Show going to be back tomorrow, 6 to 10, right here on 560 The Joe. Speaking of unique shows, Hawk and Crowd are always very unique. I will tell you this. I'm not angry about yesterday's heat game. I didn't feel angry when it went to overtime. I didn't feel... Now, th- there's a couple things at play, I'm guessing, which is this. You're up 3 nothing in a best-of-seven series. You're not going to lose that series. Let's go heat in about five minutes plus. It's a Miami Monday, so I got some good Miami music for you on the way here on the Best of the Joe Show. She got her start in the school choir, sang at the Boys and Girls Club, always loved the Boys and Girls Club. She's even been on the TV series Brave New Voices and sung the national anthem at a Miami Marlins game. Only 20 years old, college student here in South Florida, majoring in political science. Mark the tape. This is the first place you're going to hear her, but you're going to hear her a lot in the future. Savannah Christina, Florida boy. Speaking of a Florida boy, Mark Hawkman, he's on with Crowder weekdays from 2 to 6. Today it was just Hawked talking about the heat. It may be a 3-1 series. He's not upset. Also, getting ready for some football and a little Rosen for nothing. This stuff is hard, and you got to stay together if you got the guts and you don't find the first door and run out of it. All right, it's a special Labor Day edition of Hawkman and Crowder, and we were not supposed to be on the air today. We were taking a vacation day, but uh, I was texting with Solana after the game yesterday. He was part of the virtual fan, and uh, we decided, you know what? We'll have a special Labor Day show, a two-hour spectacular. So if you're hearing this right now around 2 o'clock, you're hearing it live. And if you're hearing this at 4 o'clock, you're hearing the replay of the two-hour special show that we did today. Uh, Crowder's out fishing today. He had made it clear last week there was no chance he's coming in. And then tomorrow, he's getting a vasectomy. So he will be off tomorrow as well. Today's his last day fishing as a man. And then he'll get his vasectomy, and then he'll do the rest of the show. However, uh, that, I wonder if his personality will change. I was about to ask uh, you that. Like, what, what <laughs> like, is this going to be a new crowd 
neuter? Like a yeah, I don't know. One? <laughs> I don't know. You neuter a dog, or uh, yeah, like I don't know what happens. Sometimes the personality changes. So we shall find out on Wednesday when he's back with us. So um, here we go on a Labor Day spectacular. As I said, I I will tell you this: I'm not angry about yesterday's Heat game. I didn't feel angry when it went to overtime. I didn't feel now. Th- there's a couple things at play. I'm guessing, which is this: you're up three nothing in a best of seven series. You're not going to lose that series. You're just not. And so even when there was that, you know, they went to the replay and it was obvious that Jimmy Butler was fouled, but they couldn't change that part of the replay. Like even the frustration that was there on something like that. When it was all said and done, I wasn't angry about yesterday's heat game. I felt really good about Tyler Hero. He had three big threes. I mean, a couple at the end that just is a big time player shot. And he's a 20-year-old kid, so I felt really good about him coming out of the game, knowing that there were a couple times during the game where he literally just got big-boyed and and got the ball taken from him from a stronger player, but that'll come. Chris Middleton willed that Milwaukee team to a victory. Giannis was playing out of his mind before he got hurt, but Chris Middleton willed that Milwaukee team to a victory. So I'm not mad. I know a lot of people were angry that A, it went to overtime and that in overtime against a Milwaukee team that doesn't have Giannis and you're at full strength that you can't put him away for five minutes. Like, I get that part of the frustration, especially because that'll mean a lot of days off to rest and get real healthy for when the Eastern Conference Finals would start, but I wasn't angry. I don't know. What were you, Solana? How'd you feel after that game? I mean, I wasn't happy, but I put it into context. This is the first game this Heat team has lost that they're actually trying to win in, what, three weeks? I mean, th- this team has been playing incredible basketball. You didn't like the way it ended, and you don't like to uh, to remember that you just lost to a team without the two-time or soon-to-be two-time MVP uh, reigning defensive player of the year award winner. You wish you could have taken advantage. I look like a fool bringing out the brooms, the entire virtual fan, and they end up not needing the brooms. But it's okay. I'm with you. I'm not I'm not getting crazy. I don't think we're going to lose in seven, the first team ever, to go up 3-0 and blow it. Um, I think this will, this will end in a gentleman's sweep tomorrow, Hawk. That's what I feel. I feel it'll end in a gentleman's sweep. I'm not nervous at all that somehow Milwaukee has found that proverbial eye of the tiger and they are now going to be able to figure it out. Miami's a better team. They've shown you through four games, Miami's a better team. Milwaukee just gutted one out yesterday, and that's fine because like Solano just said, if you put it in context, the Miami Heat have played eight playoff games. They got squeaked out of one of them in overtime. If you keep it in context, everything is fine. So we've got that. We've got Canes football this week. We've got Dolphins football this week. Next week, On a day like today, a Monday next week, we'll be thinking about Monday night football. Like, we are here. It's happening. Uh, There's a ton going on. Uh, The the Hurricanes, they showed their depth chart. So it's De'Ara King as your number one quarterback. And uh, it'll be uh, Nikosi Perry as the number two. And I think the uh, transfer forgetting his name right now. Tyler uh, Van Dyke. Tyler Van Dyke is the number three. So what happened to that kid from Ohio State? No idea. 
I mean, he's still on. <laughs> he's still on the roster. Tate Martell. I, Tate I Martell, forgot his. Right. Like literally, what happened to him? Is he anywhere? Still on the roster. Has one complete then, pass uh, in his Canes career. <laughs> that's seven yard and, out and, in the bowl game. <laughs> right, and look terrified that the entire game that he threw the pass. And then uh, Miami Dolphins made official. I'm sure I'm stealing your headlines here. Miami Dolphins made official that Ryan Fitzpatrick is the quarterback. In fact, let's do headlines here. Here is Alejandro Solana with the headlines. Ah, you're the clown this time. I really am. I Dude really was in am. the virtual crowd. You know, you got to, and we're going to, I'm going to get the story later on in today's show of how you do that and what it was like. But he did sit there in the virtual crowd with his broom and had to eat it at the end of the game. That's all right. What are you going to do? It was almost so perfect, too, because I was above the Bucks bench. So I felt like I was going to come I saw out you. a lot. And, I saw you. Uh, yeah, it didn't, didn't work out the way <laughs> yeah, I wanted well, it to. Listen, you gave it the old college try. <laughs> so the Heat did lose 118 to 115 in overtime. Game five is tomorrow, 6.30 p.m. Heat are favored again, Hawk, in this game. And Kevin Harlan and Reggie Miller, they're on the call tomorrow for Heat Bucks. Did I lose you already? Are, are you playing a practical joke the on are, me? No, what happened? Did oh, I cut man. out? Oh, man. This is not good. Yeah, you're Did I cut out? out? Just, just a tad there for a second. Because I, I heard what you said. I said, did the Heat, the Heat are a three-and-a-half-point favorite, right? Yeah. The Dolphins did name Fitzy. I had a funny practical. I had a funny practical joke. Do I, am I do I sound okay or do I need to reconnect? No, you're good. You're good. Go ahead. So uh, last night after the game, I texted Solana and I said, "Hey, let's let's go on the air on Monday. We're supposed to have a vacation day. the The station had a best of Hawk and Crowder scheduled, and we like doing the best ofs because they're fun. But I said, you know what? Let's go on the air because people are so ratcheted up right now about this heat game. We'll do a couple of hours and then, uh, you know, you can replay it. And so Salon was like, okay, well, you know, no problem. And then uh, today I said, oh, okay, we've got some, we, we, you know, I booked some guests. Uh, Mike Cunio is going to come on. Dave Hyde's going to come on, blah, blah, blah. We go about the whole thing. And, and so Salon actually goes into the studio to do today's show and then uh he always texts me right before because we connect through a system and he always texts me when it's time for me to connect so he texts you know uh 10 minutes before the show starts okay connect and i text him back oh this was an elaborate practical joke i'm on the beach which is where I was supposed to be today. And then I just wrote, have a nice show. And I didn't connect. And I could just imagine the sweat building up on his forehead thinking, oh my God, did he just... Because that would have been a funny, practical joke. Yeah, it would have been hilarious. hilarious. It would have been funny. You have to admit it. Funny's funny. That would have been a funny, practical joke that I set you up. Hey, come on, let's do the show. You're like, okay, fine. It's a vacation day, but we're going to do it anyway. And you go in to do the show and I'm on the beach and you have to do the show alone without any prep. Somebody text in i'm very glad you guys are on is there a picture of solana in the virtual crowd can you post it on instagram i know you had tweeted it yesterday right yeah i can uh, i'll post some now to instagram as well put it on instagram uh what's your instagram alex m solana yep alex m solana alex m solana with an a he will post some pictures you can see him right there in the virtual crowd with dj m dot in the same group. I already mentioned Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback week one versus the Patriots. The Dolphins, they made some roster moves. They cut down the roster to 53 on Saturday. Here's how you know this season is already going to play out better than next season, Hawk. The Dolphins did not claim a single player that was cut by <laughs> another team over the weekend, which already leads 
leads you to believe this team feels they're better. If you remember last season, what, like 15% of the roster <laughs> it was, it was, was just crazy. claims before week one? It was crazy. Yeah. You remember that? We could not believe that the week before the season started. It was like they claimed like 20 people off, uh, off the waiver wire. Yeah. And we were like, we are in for something we've never seen before. But yeah, they're, uh, I feel good about the Dolphins season. I'm not going to lie. I'm very excited to be talking about them this week. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm happy Ryan Fitzpatrick was named the starter. I, I don't think that that necessarily means he'll be the starter the entire season. But I think he probably gives them the best chance to win right now, which I'm all for. And secondly, it gives Tua Tagovailoa a little bit of time to uh, be out there on the field in NFL games, watching how Brian Flores calls it and how Ryan Fitzpatrick reacts to things and you know Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be a tutor to him so I I think it works out well for the Dolphins. Speaking of the Dolphins quarterback room Josh Rosen on Friday night was cut by the Miami Dolphins he cleared waivers he signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers practice squad. Wild. I mean, wild that a quarterback that was drafted with the 10th overall pick by a team that traded up to get him and then gets traded to a team willing to give up a second round pick the next year to get him ends up being waived for nothing and then ends up on a practice squad. Holy hell. If you're thinking uh, or if you're wondering who the Dolphins third string quarterback will be, well, they signed Jake Rudock. To their practice squad, yeah. Love him. Makes me feel comfortable. That's comfort food right there. Back to the NBA, the Lakers, they tied up that series against the Rockets 117-109 to last night. Rajon Rondo, Mm -hmm. big minutes for the Lakers, by the way. Tonight in the NBA, Game 5, 6.30 p.m. It's Celtics-Raptors. We know that's going on there. It's tied 2-2. And uh, Game 3, Clippers-Nuggets, 9 p.m. That series tied 1-1. All right. Anything else? Locally, Inter-Miami. They drew nil-nil What's going on to there? Nashville yesterday. Um, Matweedy, Blaze Matweedy, their newest signing. He made his debut for the club. He played 78 minutes. Uh, pretty, pretty good debut for Matweedy. They host Atlanta United on Wednesday. And the Marlins, they lost two of three to the Rays over the weekend. Actually, they're playing right now against the Atlanta Braves. I'll get you a score update. After Mike Cunho, they begin a three-game set in Atlanta. Tomorrow they play as well later in the afternoon. Those are your headlines. They're playing against the Braves. So this this Marlins-Rays game that I'm I'm watching is, oh, yeah, look at that. It does say replay on. (laughs) I did it. Grandpa did it again. No, but it's not right. It's not a replay. It's live right now. Not the Miami Rays game that right. I'm watching. Right, yeah. Yeah, this, this is a replay. It's incredible I, that the Marlins I, game against the Braves right now is only on YouTube TV for some reason, but they're right. showing so the replay. Right, so I'm watching the replay on Tampa, Fox Sports <laughs> Tampa, because the Rays must not have a game right now. Right. But I thought I was watching a live Marlins game because... Oh, my God. Grandpa's at it again. Get Grandpa's pudding. During this quarantine, Hawk has turned into a grandpa. He needs to watch the replay. Replay at the top of the screen. It usually tells you. He gets carried away. He's like, oh, my goodness. It's just like the other night. No, it is the other night's game, Hawk. If you like replays, I got some more Hawk for you the number one seed in the East, you can't mess around with that. You, I know no team has ever uh, you know, come back from 3-0, but guess what? No team ever came back from 3-1 in the NBA Finals until it happened. Eee, got Hawk talking with Mike Cuno about heat culture. Plus, it's a Miami Monday, so I got some good Miami music for you on the way 
here on the Best of the Joe Show. Welcome back to the Best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard here on 560 over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Labor Day, laboring on a Labor Day, but it's all good because I've got this Miami Monday going and some sweet sounds from South Florida Zone, Savannah Christina. This is Goldmine. That's some smooth sounds right there from Miami's own Savannah Christina. She was born here in Miami, but grew up in Fort Lauderdale. Nothing but love right there. Loving the music from that 20-year-old college student here in South Florida. Poli Sci major. She's got a future in music and in politics. Maybe president one day. She can be inaugurated to this song. Savannah Christina. Mark Hawkman. He makes sweet sounds on the radio from 2 to 6, but not singing at least. He makes sweet sports talk sounds. Earlier today, he caught up with Mike Cuno talking, there's a bad Duran Duran song? Nervous about the heat? What Game 5 attitude needs to be taken by Miami? And who impressed and disappointed this past game special labor day hawkman and crowder what the hell is this song solana what happens tomorrow duran duran i'm playing all songs that have to do with tomorrow because tomorrow is heat and five day ah okay yeah this one's terrible <laughs> don't like duran duran i love duran duran i've never heard this song and i've been listening to duran duran since 1985. this is my favorite duran duran song <laughs> Drink it. liar next time let me know if you need some songs about tomorrow i'll help you out so that this crap doesn't get played on the air oh my goodness it is time for 15 minutes of heat mike cuno is a sports anchor and reporter here at cbs4 in miami and uh, he also hosts dolphins weekly on cbs4 which i was watching this weekend hello mike what's up guys you know isn't duran duran kind of has like a distinct sound don't they i feel like i grew up listening to them from my dad but i didn't understand what the hell that was either yeah no duran duran is a very recognizable sound that was a departure <laughs> i don't know yeah. like like that was i think they were just goofing around in the recording studio they said well no one's gonna hear <laughs> this we'll put it, this will be the uh, 13th track on the cd no one will get this far and uh sure as bleep solana pulls it out for so what are you calling today solana tomorrow monday tomorrow monday because it's heat and five day tomorrow Cuno. 
Why didn't right. you have songs about five, maybe? Not too many songs about five, are there? Well, based on the, the song you just played from Duran Duran, there's not a lot of songs about tomorrow. <laughs> you could have gone in any direction. You could have played just a random song, and no one would have questioned it. Just as a nice, that, nice right. rejoin. That, like, yeah. Like, <laughs> instead of having, a, like, this, this, it was like, uh, what's that Tom Hanks movie that no one can figure out? It's like, uh, yeah. instead of having a riddle, I just have a good song. It's Labor Day. People, like, people are listening they want to hear something upbeat. Lost in translations. Yeah. Lost in translations. Damn it, no, I don't want to work Sully. on Labor Day, and you're making me work. You're making my yeah, brain work, Solana. So are you, uh, Mike, are you upset by the Heat's loss yesterday? Because when I started the show, I said, look, I'm, I'm not even mad at it. It is what it is. I, you know, you want to get the win, but whatever. I, like, I'm just not mad at it. Are you upset by it? Scheduled loss. Scheduled. No, no, no. Scheduled okay. loss. Uh, yeah, actually, actually, I. you know what? It does concern me a little bit, and here's why. If Giannis was to return, and I, like, again, I don't know. I mean, we saw the reports today that, uh, you know, he's lumping around the bubble and stuff, but uh, let's say that injury wasn't that significant. They just had to hold him out for one game. Now you're giving a, a team with the best player in the league a bunch of life and feeling that that they're not out of it. So it it does concern me. Now, if Giannis wasn't hurt uh, to the extent where he's it seems like he's going to be a toss-up for Game 5. It seems like he was a toss-up for Game 4. Right. And, and, and even out. if he plays tomorrow, you would assume it's not 100% regardless. Right. But, yeah, I mean, when you are when you have a moment to end um, the number one seed in the East, you can't mess around with that. You, I know no team has ever uh, you know come back from 3-0, but guess what? No team ever came back from 3-1 in the NBA Finals until it happened. So you don't want to give a team a life. So, and, and Chris Middleton has been playing very well throughout this series. He's been one of their top scorers, and he goes off. Now he's rolling. So it, it, it does give me a little bit of concern, and maybe that's just me, you know, having that kind of almost almost maybe the heat mentality where now you can't you can't take anything lightly. Now you got to go into that game game five as if it's as pressure packed as game one was. Right. I, I don't I don't dispute that. I'm kind of with you on that. Like if you have a chance to put someone uh, put someone away and it's Giannis goes out, like yeah, you got to take advantage mm-hmm. of that situation. But yeah, just it just doesn't scare me. Like even yesterday, you know, people were freaking out on social media media when they had that replay on the Jimmy Butler possession and you noticed that he was fouled but they couldn't change that call and I was like okay whatever like you're gonna get one of these games like this is the only game they've gotten in eight playoff games where not everything went their way and to be quite honest even at the end with Tyler Hero hitting those big threes like things Mm -hmm. were still kind of going their way I just feel like they're so far ahead of the game right now like I didn't come out of that game going Milwaukee found what it takes to win against this Heat team right I think Chris Middleton willed them to a implausible victory but Mm -hmm. I I mean you tell me that they can do that three more times in a row I just I don't see it right I mean and that's and that's the tough part about it. Milwaukee would have to win in, in total four straight. But what gives me pause for concern is I look at the way Milwaukee was able to win that game going slightly smaller. And let's say it's not that big of a deal and Miami moves on after game five or after game six and they end up playing just just for kicks or just throw out a team. Let's say they end up do playing Boston. Boston worries me because the lineup that they trot out on a daily basis reminds me of the lineup that Milwaukee was playing with yesterday without Giannis, where you have those kind of three and four guards running everything. A team like Boston, yes, Jason Tatum is, is a forward, but he's a guy who can who can handle the ball. And then you got Marcus Smart, you got Jalen Brown, and you got Kemba Walker. And you got that for an entire series 
that worries me when when Milwaukee is able to do what they did to Miami yesterday with that smaller lineup. Now, was Miami taking it off because they thought, hey, Giannis is out, maybe we'll coast to win? Probably, and they probably admit that themselves, and maybe they, they put the clamps down for the next game, and it's a completely different story whether Giannis is, is there or not. But for me, if I'm looking ahead, I take a look at that game and go, hmm, you know what? Was there a game plan there that an opponent maybe exposed Miami? And Mike, you mentioned the smaller lineups. It's, it's such a great point. It was clear that smaller lineup was just giving the Heat major problems. But if we don't look ahead, we look to just game five. Mm-hmm. Do you see Miami making like major adjustments, especially if Antetokounmpo is either out or if he's he's being played uh, in limited spurts? Like, do we see major adjustments? Even when he's or- healthy, he gets even when he's healthy, he <laughs> right. gets played in limited spurts. Right. I don't uh, understand. Uh, or, or or do we just chalk that game up to again? Middleton played his heart out. Right. He willed them to victory, and mm-hmm. what Miami's been doing will continue to work for them. Well, at the end of the day, I think it's I think it's a reality check and maybe a little bit of a gut check because now you had Giannis in there and he was the focal point of everything and you were playing him a certain you were playing the Bucks a certain way for three and a half straight games and, and it was working right now I think you trust Spo enough to be like look I, you know we saw what happened with the smaller lineup now we're going to have to adjust so now we go into these games these these games with not just a game plan A for Giannis and the rest of the Bucks now we have a game plan B if it's Chris Middleton and the Bucks so that's where you end up having to you got to trust Spo to be you know the right coach and and come up with the right plans for those situations so that's where again I'm not concerned Miami's going to lose the series my concern is more so going forward now it, let's say let's say uh you know the bucks get this game 5 uh tomorrow was it tomorrow night now now you're you know now the pressure swings back towards Miami, and that's where you have to be concerned. Right, which is obviously like Milwaukee will go into this as the one-game-at-a-time team. Like, hey, all we need to yeah. do is worry about getting this win tomorrow night because that's what happened in the Toronto-Boston series, to be quite honest. I mean, that was one bucket away from being in our situation. Over. All of a sudden, yeah, and all of a sudden it's 2-2, and you don't know what's going on in that series anymore. Mike Cuno from CBS4 is with us. A couple of texts, Solana. Someone texted in Solana. What about I got five on? It. That's a good song about five. And someone <laughs> tweets at me, what about Mambo number five? Which is a classic song. Already we've come up with two better songs for number five than you've come up with one song for tomorrow, which now seems like an ill-advised theme. All right, I'll switch the it up. Subway $5 foot long song would have been a better choice than whatever that <laughs> Duran Duran. Five, five. <laughs> Five dollar foot long. Who disappointed you for the heat yesterday? Who impressed you yesterday for the heat? I was very impressed with Tyler Hero. And and there are, and, and by the way, I'm admitting, like there were a couple times where he got the ball just flat out stolen from him by savvier mm-hmm. veteran players. But a 20-year-old kid to knock down some threes when you really needed a three, uh, that showed me something. But who impressed you from the Heat? Who disappointed you? So I'll stick with Tyler for the impressed part because when it came down to it, it looked as if they ran a set play for him in overtime to get a three. Which you're trusting a 20-year-old kid when you've got, I don't even think, am I wrong on this? I, I don't even think Duncan was on the floor for that. Your best three-point shooter. I do not believe he was, I got to look back at it, but I don't think he was on the floor for that play. So, and I think it does tell you something, because I, I think mentally, right, you would feel like Tyler Hero is more predisposed for that kind of play in, in that kind of time than Duncan Robinson is. Right, right. And and look, I mean, here's from the disappointing standpoint, I mean, it's a majority of the team, because they had the chance. Someone should have stepped up and been 
like, hey, you got, you know, we got to we got to refocus here. We can't just let this slip away. I think they had an eight point. I think it was 192 at, at one point, 98, 90 in the third or fourth quarter. And that's when my like Miami pulled away a little bit. And that's when they should have put the complete foot on the gas and just ended it right there. You get that to double digits, 12, 14 points. Oh, no, we've seen what happens to that Bucks team when they go down double digits in the second half. Something something happens. We saw that that incredible swing in game three late in the fourth quarter where they went down 107-100 after Crowder hit that big shot and now you've got Giannis throwing up 30 foot 30 footers from three point and they and they completely fall apart Miami I think as a team it was disappointing to see them not someone I mean I don't I don't know if UD had said something again like he had done game three to try to get these guys going but obviously the the message just didn't seem to resonate there in that fourth quarter when they should have put him away and you know what though for a team that doesn't have a lot of playoff experience as you mentioned before I mean, it, it is one game. If they're gonna have, they're gonna have to go through some growing pains and some learning moments to figure out how to close a series. Because let's face it, the the Pacers weren't as well equipped for the playoffs as the Bucks were or the Heat are, and so Miami's gonna have to learn through this. The thing I, I tell a lot of people when they ask, "Oh, can Miami make a run at, at, at the finals?" and I always say, and I because I, I think it across the board in the NBA when you look at any superstar. Even you go back to Dwayne Wade, his first few years here, I, like superstars tend to fail in the postseason somewhere along the way before they get over that hump. And there is a there is a bit of learning that they have to do. We saw it happen to the Heat in 2005 against the Pistons. You know, Dwayne Wade and Shaq was there. They lose to the Pistons in the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, he had to learn how to get over that hump. You saw LeBron have to get learn to get over that hump. Hell, when we were watching The Last Dance this summer, uh, yeah. you saw even Michael Jordan had to learn how to get over that hump. So these little things are learning experiences, but you have to learn from it. You have to make sure you don't let those mistakes happen again if you are going to make a run because you're playing with house money right now. No one in the world thinks Miami's supposed to be in this series to begin with, let alone up 3-0 or 3-1. Yeah, no, you're right. And they're 7-1 and one in the uh, in the playoffs so far. So you'd take that uh, going into this uh, without hesitation. Oh, yes, Miami can make a run. They're just starting their run. Telling you, they are running. And they are going to keep on running. Speaking of basketball, Toronto currently playing the Celtics. The Celtics up by a few, but it is very, very early in the game. The series feels like it's 3-1 Boston, but in fact, it's tied at two. So we'll just have to wait and see. Very interesting, interesting, interesting. BYU going to be playing Navy at 8 o'clock tonight. College football, let's go! Thanks for hanging out with me on this Monday, though. I am Dan Day at Dan Day Radio on Twitter, and this is the best of the Joe Show. Later, slug. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.